Hi, welcome to Conversations with Anna podcast. My name is Dr. Anna Stump, the Golden Ticket Professor. I'm a former business executive turned high school teacher turned college professor. And in those three decades of transition, I have spent time with several generations. And as a result, I have some stories to tell. Each episode, you will hear stories or interviews that will help you focus on your truth. I want you to feel accepted, motivated, supported, and then I want you to be able to take what you know about yourself and your truth and apply it to this big world we live in so you can move forward with a more truthful life. Thank you for spending some time today. And now let's jump in to a conversation with Anna. It's early in the day, so much I want to do. I dedicate today to breaking rules. I'm going to stick to a strategy. I'm going to find out exactly what I'm made of. Is there really something wrong with just smiling the Welcome back to another Conversation with Anna, episode 41. I am fresh back from a family vacation. I did not get one of those in 2020. So the fact that we had one early-ish in 2021 was pretty, like, just life-giving. It was awesome. And I have had some really odd things happen and some realizations, which led, as you know, to more research. So now I'm here with a cool, fun topic to talk to you about, um, about managing your energy, not managing your time. And here's how I kind of stumbled upon this is right before I left for vacation. And I'm sure you all have had this experience as well. When you're coming up on a deadline, even if it's vacation, you start in that scramble mode. It's exhausting, but you are probably procrastinating things. You're looking at shiny objects. You're trying to get stuff done and you're just in go mode and then you're exhausted. And then you're like, well, I really needed that vacation. But you think, do I need the vacation so bad because I worked so hard to get to the vacation? Or do I really need the vacation? And there's a lot of really important answers to those questions because you could be in many ways uh, setting yourself up for failure or you could just be in a really bad position and have to reassess some things. But anyway, I did, you know, work really diligently to get planned and get things at work to a point I could easily take vacation and not have to worry. But I got asked, could I please speak to a couple of college classes And it happened to be the week I was getting back from vacation. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm available. Happy to do it. I love talking to the undergrads. You know, when do you need me? And the class was from 7.45 a.m. to 9 a.m. Monday. And then again on Tuesday, a different class. I don't know who's scheduling 7.45 a.m. undergraduate college courses, but these were um, one credit hour required courses for these poor young souls to graduate. And I was like, that in and of itself is just a test of life skills right there. So I was like, hmm, it doesn't seem smart to schedule yourself to show up high energy and talk about your passion at 7.45 any morning, much less the day you get back from vacation. But yeah, I very rarely say no. So I said, sure. So here I am back from vacation and um, up before my alarm at the Keurig, two cups of coffee, because that was a long class. I needed two cups of coffee, had my breakfast, got in, opened up everything I needed. And I was good to go at 7.45. I was super high energy. Like it was a good time. 
And then I thought, okay, well, that's done. Time to get to work at your real job. You're probably going to hit a wall around 11. So let's be ready. Go to work. Everything's fine. Next thing I know, I look up, it's like 3.30. I mean, I was just kind of going through my day. I never really hit a wall and never had a problem. I was like, oh, wow. Look, I brought all these energy restores with me back from vacation. Wasn't that smart? Tuesday, same story, up before the alarm, into the Keurig, have some breakfast, do my thing, go to work. It's all good. Had a very long day of calls. Very, very good balance in the day. And I thought, man, what is this about? And I really have not had a moment where I'm just so exhausted. And I'm looking back and thinking, what is this? But I started looking at what I was doing and my activities and I'm talking with my students and I'm working around things that are very energizing to me, things I enjoy. And I started looking at how I structured my day. One of the big promises I made myself when the weather started getting better was to get up and get outside a couple of times a day, walk around. Um, Even in the backyard, I took a phone call in the backyard the other day and just kind of like walked around. Those things are a change of scenery, a, a good fresh air, those things. So I was like, okay, well, maybe it's that. So when I heard this statement on an interview, the person said, you know how important it is to manage your energy, not your time. I kind of had one of those like, what moments? Like, what? What about that? Like, let's think about that. Managing your energy, not your time. So I started researching it because, you know, that's my favorite part. And when I looked into this, there was a really great book written back in 2003 Um, Jim Lohr and Tony Schwartz wrote a book called The Power of Full Engagement. Managing energy, not time, is the key to high performance and personal renewal. Okay, so I saw the high performance thing and I was like, here we go. It's another hustle and grind. Like, it's another one of those things. Really, truly not, though. Um, The more I looked into the book, there's a couple of really great articles, um, a Harvard Business Review Um around the same type of thing, um, also written by Tony Schwartz in 2007. So a few years after the book, How to Manage Your Energy, Not Your Time. So I kind of delved into this for you because I was like, what is this? What is the key here? Because we talk so much about time management. We talk about work-life balance. And we talk about how all that got blown out of the water with the pandemic and all of the shooting that we did on ourselves. And these things are starting to show up in my Facebook memories, which, you know, I love a good time hop or, you know, one year ago today kind of thing. Because we are all joking about a year ago about um, I should learn to bake bread. I should get on the Rosetta Stone and learn in lewd language. I should be doing something besides watching Tiger King and these other things. But we were having such a hard time readjusting and dealing with this like shelter in place and remote where everything just got thrust upon us. And we were all struggling. And then we felt bad because like everybody else on the Instagram and the Facebook and the, you know, whatever Today Show are all living their best life, doubling down on their newfound time. Oh, I don't have my, you know, commute anymore. So I've become a CrossFit star or whatever. And you start feeling bad about yourself. But this is more than just trying to schedule your day. This is not creating to-do lists or tasks or anything. We are talking about managing your energy to be more present and to be more productive and effective. So the thing that I saw that was a quote from this book that left me shook. And I thought this is really, truly, this is what we learned in this pandemic, I think, 
Is there a quote in the book? We live in a world that celebrates work and activity and ignores renewal and recovery and fails to recognize that both are necessary for yourself. Like that is so true. So this book talks about the focus on energy rather than time management. And they put a very huge um, effort in the book into talking about our four sources of energy, mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual. And I think that's why this resonated with me so much is because if you remember back on episode 34, when I had Liesl Mertes on, she's the workplace empathy coach. She talked at great lengths about how empathy is a muscle and you can build that muscle. So are all of these other positive things that we talk about. And it all really stems from what I'm trying to do with this podcast and these conversations is help you understand that you will have more capacity, more happiness, more all of this good energy if you are living a truly authentic life. If you truly know yourself and you show up as yourself, you accept yourself and love yourself and you present yourself to the world regardless of how you may be judged or perceived or engaged with and you just own that the amount of positive energy that that leaves for you the amount of capacity that you have by not trying to second guess you know we talked about that when we talked about imposter syndrome and how much extra time and energy and effort and bandwidth that takes from you. So we have to constantly think about a pleasant and positive emotion, good self-confidence, good self-control, positive empathy in your life, because negative emotions are like survival mode. That's when your adrenaline goes high. You know, when people have an adrenaline spike and then they need a nap later, negative emotions are kind of like survival mode. They're costing you really important energy. It is, it's very inefficient when you talk about your performance and your outcomes. And you are really trying to work around all of this negativity and all of the lack of patience, the lack of empathy and confidence, and you're letting your muscles get weak. And you're not building strength where you need to build strength. So the thing about this is building this strength is kind of like building your muscles. It's like, now I don't know about this. I've heard about it. But having leg day or arm day at the gym (laughs) or the couch to 5K app, which I have done a couple of times, um, where they start you out endurance, right? They start you out systematically Um, pushing your limits. We can do that when we are talking about building emotional, mental, or spiritual capacity, just like physical capacity. So that's kind of what they talk about in this book is how do we expose ourselves and stress ourselves beyond our normal limits to help build capacity? And part of that I'm telling you is what we're doing, talking about living a true and authentic life. The more that you can communicate, whether it's to yourself, I've told you to talk in the mirror. I've told you to write some things down. I've told you to journal. I've told you to talk to your tribe, go to therapy, whatever it is. The more that you talk about yourself in a positive way, the more gifts that you see, the more you look through that lens, you are building and expanding your capacity to accept yourself. So when you take all of that and you are performing at a higher level and you're doing things that bring you more joy, you will have a more joyful life. This all sounds very simple, right? This all sounds like, well, she's got that all figured out. Now, how do I go about doing it? Well, you first need to figure out where are 
the things that you enjoy. What are your time sucks? What are your energy sucks? What do you not look forward to doing? And how do you manage that? I will tell you things that are menial tasks that are very rote and regiment drive me crazy. And I have started to manage my energy instead of my time. Because to-do lists, I love scraping stuff off a to-do list. Nothing makes me happier than highlighting or scratching something out because it feels like progress. But instead of making a to-do list or doing some chronological order thing or putting things on my calendar in a way that is not helping me balance my energy, I have found... So like when I get up and take my 10-minute walk, 20 minutes before that, I will schedule a task that I don't like. Because my reward at the task is to be done and get up from my desk and go outside into the sunshine or to walk around. Or I get up and I go check on my son. Like, how's your day? That brings me joy. Usually, I mean, it's 14. Could be either way. Could be real (laughs) dramatic and um, not fun. But you know what I mean? Getting to look at your kids is pretty awesome. So thinking about how do I access those emotional muscles? How do I set myself up to where an activity can be enjoyable, fulfilling, and will renew my energy? And where do I put the balance? How do I build those emotional muscles? I think this is, we are onto something here. And I think that the more we draw these parallel lines and we pull these threads of how you feel about yourself, how you think about yourself, cultivates your positive energy and emotions. The stories that you tell yourself, where you are in an event, how you perceive it. Are you blaming other people? Are you a victim? Are you in your circle of control or your circle of influence? All of that is exhausting if you're not managing it well. So that is why I think talking about being an energy, I cannot tell you the number of times that I, and it's, I've talked about it on the podcast before about how people identify me by my energy. And I've always wondered why is that? And it's exhausting because people want you for your energy all the time. There are things I have energy for and things I don't. Now, I can't pick and choose what I do. And I have told you that I struggle with saying no. I mean, the perfect example is two mornings of this week. First thing I did was jump on a Zoom call at 7.45 a.m. to talk about something that has nothing to do with my job and I don't get paid for. But I love it. And that was good. That was a perfect way to start my work week. It was a great way to start my day. But those are things that I have control over. There are things that, and I've said this a lot on the podcast as well, like you will agree to things and then later wish you hadn't. Why do you do that? You have to pick that stuff apart, but you have to really look at it through a wider lens. And you have to think, okay, am I going to take the risk and do this? How will I grow from it? What will I learn from it? What do I know about myself from this? And just knowing yourself well enough to know what's in conflict with your energy and what, again, what is healthy for you. I think this is all so important. And when we think about this pandemic and we think about what we've been through in the last year or so, um, The Atlantic had a really good article um, this week called We Are Struggling from Pandemic Senioritis. Um, one of my friends shared this on Facebook And even said in the post that she shared it in, like, I can relate to this because I'm having trouble, like, getting motivated in the right way. And it feels like we have pandemic senioritis. And the thing that the article talks about, and I'll link to it in the show notes, I have had an impossible time not just completing work tasks, but working out, running errands, finishing even Netflix shows, like, just the executive functions that we have to have in life to get things done is 
it seems like a bigger effort. And I do think that is true. I think that when you look at how our habits and our daily lives were completely disrupted and all this change that was thrust upon us. And, and like to Liesl's point again in um, episode 34, where she talked about the pandemic and we are all in a grief cycle. And as somebody who is still in a grief cycle about the loss of my dad, I can tell you that is another level of energy suck that is, uh, you know, we talk about those four things about your energy, managing your body, your mind, your emotions, and your spirit. My emotions are a full-time management job when it comes to being in the grief cycle. People who lost their job, who've lost family members, um, young people who lost a year of school or a prom or a state championship. I mean, again, no comparison as to what the loss or the grief is, but we are all still in a grief cycle over this pandemic. We are in a grief cycle over mass shootings. We are in a grief cycle around young black men losing their lives on our streets. We are in a grief cycle around our police nation. We are in a grief cycle around you know, what lives matter and our arguments over it. We're in a grief cycle about who is living in the White House for the last, you know, however many months of whatever your political state. We are in a grief cycle about loss and about change and all of these things. That is all outside of your control. We go back to circle of control and managing your energy thinking about those things. So I will put a link to this assessment, but under emotions, it says, I frequently find myself irritable or anxious, especially when things get demanding. I don't have enough time with my family or loved ones. I mean, I can tell you, going through some sort of a loss makes you realize the difference in the amount of time that you spend on certain things and what you have patience for. And if that is the emotional energy that you have all the time, and I did have a friend ask me, like, how are you doing? Do you think you need more therapy? And I that kind of shook me for a minute. I was like, do I? I don't. But I can see where if you're not really cognizant and you're not true to yourself, how you can slip into these really poor energy cycles. And I do think it's important. And I do think that is one benefit of therapy to talk about those things and to talk about what you're learning and growing from and to talk about letting things go or to building better um, boundaries around things. So there is always something there to think about. But this notion of managing your energy, and just being an energizer. So I think about like when people talk about my high energy or other people's energy. And you know, I, I talk about Ashley in every episode. So I have to talk about her today, too, <laughs> um, as an Enneagram seven and her level of hype girl, like just her positivity and her trust and her empathy and the way that she is so charismatic, the way that she operates and the, and the things that she needs for herself, that's where she's learned all of those things through therapy. She is a highly sensitive person where I am slightly different in that. I'm more the truth, the justice, the rebel. And for the two of us to be as drawn to one another as we are, I think is phenomenal. But the thing about the energizer or the energy that you have around things is that you're not necessarily there to entertain. Like I've joked about that a lot, me showing up to be fun time party girl or whatever, you know, people need a comedian, let's get Anna. That is not necessarily what this is talking about. This is talking about bringing yourself fully into an interaction. And Ashley has to do the same thing as a highly sensitive person. Ashley has to bring herself fully into that and allow herself the room to 
feel and then what to process with that. So the way she and I both approach a situation will be completely different in our approach, completely different in our process, and it will have a completely different impact on our energy. So knowing that about yourself, confronting your truth and honoring that, that will help you build those emotional muscles that you need. That will help you manage your energy. And then your to-do list is not as important. Your to-do list will not impact your priorities. It will not dictate your schedule, your to-do list, those types of things. You will not have an email or a phone call break your focus because you're dealing with managing your energy and that will in turn help your best performance. And those are the things that I think matter so much when we are trying to figure out how our re-entry and the end of this pandemic, which is allegedly coming, and how we deal with this country that we have in, um, right now and the headlines. I can't tell you the number of people that have told me recently that they've taken news alerts off their phone. Um, I did that a while back. I think it's super healthy. Um, but again, how you manage, how you're distracted those headlines and things won't impact you to the point of just sheer distraction, um, depending on what they are, I think. Um, uh, but regularly and insignificantly be a distraction to you if you're managing your energy well. So, you know, we have to really take a look at symptoms, causes, outcomes, and what you're letting in. The best way forward for this, again, I will go back to episode one and what I want for you is to really, truly know and understand yourself. Honor that. Understand. Make yourself a plan. What brings you energy? What energizes you? What makes you happy? How can you put that into your daily life and into your balance? And if you are not getting that from work, understand that you are making a decision to do that job to stay in that role. There is another article I read this week, completely fascinating. It was an Axios article called one in four plan to bolt their job post pandemic. One in four workers, 26% have plans to look for a different company once the pandemic has subsided. Because people took stock of how they were being used at work in terms of their skill set. 75% of people say the pandemic made them rethink their skill sets. 80% are concerned about their career growth, which tells you that they needed to step out, step away and reevaluate themselves, how they provide value, how they are valued. And a good portion, 25% of people aren't happy with the outcomes of their level of, you know, uh, value how they're valued, those are two different, how they contribute, how they're valued, and then what their career trajectory is and the role that they're in. And again, some of this is the result of having some time away, some clarity, more time to focus on ourselves, and then more prioritization being thrust upon us again. I'm not saying these are healthy things to make a decision in. I read this article and I think about all the people that give you the advice when you're in grieving mode, um, like don't make any big decisions for a year when you're grieving or don't do this or do, and I think this, you know, deal with this pandemic is we are not in a place with our mental health in this country to really truly understand the impacts of it and what we need to be doing with it. But all of this aside, I really want you to do some work on thinking about managing managing energy, not managing your time, 
taking some inventory of things, how you're prioritizing, how you are utilizing your energy, what it's going for. Because if it's imposter syndrome, if it's negative self-talk, if it's self-doubt or shame or any of those things that we continue to talk about in these conversations that are maybe unknowingly dominating your energy, then it won't matter if you have the best job or you're in the best company fit or you're in the best relationships or you have the best friends, you are still not going to have the energy to show up and be authentic. And that's truly what this is about. So check out the links in the show notes. Some of you listen to this podcast on different things um, and you can't see the links. If you, you know, go to a different page, I'm in the process of updating my website for like the 40th a billion time. I'm not happy with how the podcast page works, but if you will go in and expand the show notes and find these links, I put them for episodes. Anytime you hear me say I put the link in the show notes, there are show notes and they're there. Um, I don't retype the entire like, you know, transcript of the show, but I do make sure you have links to these important things. So hopefully this was a good conversation for you today to kind of shift your lens and think about and I have learned a lot this week from thinking about this managing your energy and how important all your body, mind, and spirit are to this in your emotions and how much control I have over those things that I have not always been willing to admit. And a lot of it starts with my perception of myself and if I'm living a true and authentic life. So let's keep working on that. Let's keep talking about it and having conversations. Thank you for listening today. Go have a great week. I dedicate today to breaking rules I'm gonna stick to a strategy I'm gonna find out exactly what I'm made of Is there really something wrong with just smiling?